Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 onwards. If it's on the screen, we can read it together. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's a very common passage, and if you're a Christian like me who was born and brought up in church, you are definitely familiar with this passage. But I want you to see the last verse that we read. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It's not one key. It's multiple keys. I'll give you the keys. There are multiple keys of the kingdom of heaven. It's not talking about I'll give you the keys on how to get to heaven. It's talking about I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Where is the kingdom of heaven? Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, don't say that the kingdom of God is up there or up here. The kingdom of God is within you. So when you receive Jesus... When you receive the king, you receive the kingdom within you. There's a whole kingdom that is within you. Sadly, most believers are waiting for death to experience the kingdom. When you can experience the kingdom right now because you have received the king. Kingdom comes from two words, king's domain. King's domain means the domain where the king rules. You know, it's the jurisdiction of the king. So when you received the king, an entire reality of God's kingdom came into our lives. Because the kingdom follows the king. Wherever the king is, the kingdom follows. So have you received the king? Have you received the king? If you receive the king, you have received the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. And Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants to give you the keys. Why do you, where, when do you need keys? When do you need keys? Why, where do you use keys? Where things are locked. So you have received the kingdom of heaven. But for you to unlock that kingdom's reality... You need keys. You need keys. And sadly, the truth is that you could have received Jesus, the king, and not experienced the reality of the kingdom in your whole lifetime. It's a possibility. Because that reality that you have received is still there. It's still within you, but it is locked. It has not been unlocked. Why? Because you have not used the keys. You need the key to unlock it. Romans 14 verse 17 says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace and joy. So the reality of the kingdom is always righteousness, 
peace and joy. Righteousness, peace and joy. But the, the thing is, unless we don't know what unlocks this reality, even though we have the kingdom within us, that reality of the kingdom stays within us locked. You have to unlock it. How do you unlock it? Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. What is the key of the kingdom? What is the key that I need for the season to unlock the reality of the kingdom so that I don't live a defeated life anymore? What is the key that I need in this moment, in this overwhelming moment that I'm in or in this overwhelming season that I'm going through? which keeps repeating itself as a pattern. What is the key that I need which will unlock the reality within me so that I can start operating to live like an overcomer? What are these keys? It's not one key, it is multiple keys. Tell one another, it is multiple keys. Multiple keys. Now, how, how does the whole story begin? How did Jesus come up here? Jesus asks his disciples, what do people think? I am. What are they talking about me? What do they think? What do they think about me? And the disciples said, some think that you are a prophet, you are Elijah, you are Jeremiah, you are John the Baptist. But then Jesus asked Peter, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. You are Christ, the son of the living God. Look at what Jesus responds. Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Your natural mind, your logic did not come up to this conclusion. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So if you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, can I tell you, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You haven't come up to that conclusion by your natural thinking. It is the Father who has revealed it to you. If you have never heard the voice of the Father and if you're wondering, oh, well, God, God only speaks to pastors and apostles and people who are in ministry, I'm telling you God is speaking to you right now. You're just not able to recognize it. And this is a proof that if you can recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, that means you have heard from the Father. You've heard from the Father. It's the Father in heaven who has revealed to you that Jesus is the Son of God. So even without your natural mind able to perceive if I'm hearing God or not, your, your spirit man is hearing God, is always hearing God. Your spirit man is always hearing the voice of the Father. And the Father has revealed to you that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Amen. In fact, today morning you woke up and you're wondering, oh man, why should I go to church? What's the point of going to church? Uh, can I just sleep for another hour? Maybe I'll go there delayed. But somehow you made it to the church. Somehow. For some reason. And you want to give yourself the credit. Somehow I made it to the church. Oh, good job, Sam. Great stuff. But can I tell you, if you are sitting in this place, it's my Father in heaven who has drawn you towards his presence. Everything that is spiritually done or happening in our lives is purely the work of the Holy Spirit. It's purely the work of God in our lives. 
even even the moment you you know you just wake up and you just say oh thank you jesus you don't you don't want to mean it but you still want to say thank you jesus even that little prayer that you made has been inspired from heaven it's not your thinking it's not your thinking it has been inspired from heaven i i would like to say our mind is like a bridge it's not a factory that produces th- a thought a mind is a bridge that can either link to the heavenly realms or it can either link to the demonic realm so over here jesus looks at peter and says you're blessed peter because you had this thought and this thought that you had is not from you I mean you did not manufacture it you did not produce it this is a thought that came from heaven and just couple of verses down just couple of verses down the same jesus calls peter satan here he calls him you're blessed the father in heaven has revealed this to you and just couple of verses down he calls him satan get behind me i want to show you that so matthew chapter 18 uh, sorry 16 verse 21 from that time jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and the third and on the third day be raised and peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far be it from you lord this shall never happen to you because peter just went to a faith conference and <laughs> he just attended the faith conference and they said be careful of what you confess and peter was like yeah and he seeing jesus confessing death and like i rebuke you jesus you need taught me but let me teach you this will not happen to you right far be from it and see what jesus says but he turned and said to peter get behind me satan you are a hindrance to me for you are not setting your mind on the things of god but on the things of man i want you to focus on what god, what jesus said you're not setting your mind on things of god but on things of man things of man is demonic um when i was uh, being brought born and brought up in a christian family when i was in college i thought there's spiritual then there's demonic and then there's this gray line of secularism i'm not spiritual yeah of course i'm not i'm not there also i'm just safe i'm secular you have to think practically you have to think for yourself but nowhere in the bible you will find that it's either the spiritual or the demonic it's either the way of the lord or it's either the way of the man which is demonic way of the man is not a middle ground way of the man is demonic why am i saying that all the influences that we have we are constantly being influenced by the world constantly newspapers influences news influences philosophies influences all the different books that we read keep on influencing us and we don't realize what doors we are opening ourselves to we don't realize because we think 
It's harmless. They're only talking about love. It's just harmless. But anything that contradicts God's word is demonic. There's no middle ground. It's either light or dark. There's no man's land. There is no no man's land. It's either light or dark. God has delivered you from the kingdom of darkness and has put you in the kingdom of his son. So just by doing good stuff, right, does not necessarily mean that you are in the no man's land. No, there is no such place. It's either dark or light. So think about what you are entertaining in your lives. Does it contradict the word of God? If it contradicts the word of God, you are entertaining demonic influences in your life. No matter how good it sounds. No matter how loving it sounds. No matter how, you know, it sounds, oh, we are bringing unity and cohesion. No, it's from the demonic realm. Don't be deceived. Anything that contradicts the word of God, anything that contradicts the message of Jesus that Jesus died for your sin, for your sickness, for that demonic oppression, so that you can be free once and for all. Anything that contradicts that is straight from the pit of hell. You should reject it. Ah, silence in the house. That means everybody is listening. Yeah, so we have no idea how much, how much we have opened our minds to these demonic influences. We have no idea. Because we are being constantly bombarded. If you're watching Netflix, if you're watching any TV series, I'm saying it all happens subtly. It's so subtle. The message is so subtle. And you watch it the first time, you feel like, oh, they're talking about that. Yeah, okay, I'll ignore it. You think that you can filter out everything in the mind. Your mind, there will be a time when your mind will get tired and will stop filtering out things. Then what will you do? It will go directly into your subconscious and you will start believing those thoughts. You will start believing and embracing that philosophy. And it will happen so subtly that you will not know when you have actually changed your position of thinking. That's why it's important that we stay on the word day and night. See, we can't stop ourselves from being influenced. We can't stop from not watching televisions or from, you know, then we'll have to just go up to a mountain and be a sage. We can't do that. But if you want your mind to be protected, the only way is to guard it with the word of God. Fill yourself with God's word. The psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. The only solution to the darkness is the light of God's word. If you are empowered by the light of God's word, you will have the discernment to even recognize, man, this is not right. This is demonic. I'll stay away from it. Demonic influences comes through, comes through people who are very close to you. Peter was very close to Jesus. Very close. That's why the only solution to that is not cutting off ties. Oh man, I'm not going to talk to you. You're such a demonic influence. Is to train yourself in the word of God. Is to train yourself in the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is like the sword of the spirit. Now, if one of you comes to me with a sword, I'll be scared. Not just because you can harm me. You can probably harm yourself if you're not skillful. 
you can't just use a sword and wave around nothing will happen there's a there's a skill set that is required so being trained in the word of god requires skill say with me skill skill it requires a particular skill set and that's why you come on a sunday morning to be trained in god's word so that when you go back into your offices into your things that you do you know how to use that word of god for your benefit this is a training ground <laughs> church is not just a place where people gather and eat biryani I mean, lighthouse is one place where you don't have to pray for biryani; you'll get a biryani. But church is a training ground for you to be trained in righteousness, for you to be trained in the Word of God, so that you can stand victorious at all times. Say with me, victorious at all times. The battle is not over until it's won. So, if you have not won the battle, it's not over. That means come to church, learn God's Word, keep learning. keep learning till you win till you overcome that battle that battle against sin that battle against sickness that battle against mental oppression that battle against demonic oppression whatever that battle is it is not over till you win how do you win word of god word of god word of god so you get trained trained in the word of god amen so what we are doing on a sunday this is not see we are the church a building is not a church we are the church we are the church but the church needs to be equipped to become matured for the ministry of the lord ephesians chapter 5 and 4 that the church needs to be equipped for the ministry of the lord how are you getting equipped when you come for fellowship this is fellowship so that we can learn and we can train ourselves in the word of god because that word of god is a very sharp sword sharp two edged sword both the edges are sharp so if you don't know how to use it you can <coughs> cut yourself but i'm cut yeah it's self inflicted bro too many christians are <laughs> are bleeding because of self inflicted wounds because they don't know how to handle god's word it's the truth it's not <laughs> that was not a demonic attack that was you that was all you so we need training yeah. see just because your parents gave you the bible does not mean that you're trained in it just because you know all the books of the bible genesis no you need to be trained in it like a skillful warrior day and day out be trained in it so take this seriously that's what i'm trying to tell you Take this seriously. That every word that you hear on a Sunday, take this seriously, which prepares you for that week and apply that word during that week. In fact, I want to believe that the Holy Spirit, the word that He releases through the pastor, through the man of God, is not is not because the man of God had a revelation one day. Oh man, I can preach on that. Yeah. No, it is so that he can equip you for the coming week that is about to happen. You know what's interesting? If I if I ask, how many of you, for example, two weeks ago, I asked how many of you had a bad report coming? Ninety percent of the church raised their hands. Do you think it was a coincidence? or do you think that bad reports always come to us 
No. No. But because we are the body of Christ, we are, we have united to become a part of the same member that is connected to that body. That's why any problem that is happening in the church is not just your personal problem. So don't think, I don't know, I don't think anybody will understand. I'm telling you, everybody understands because everybody is going through that same kind of problem. Your circumstances may be different, but the pattern is still the same. Even if everybody did not encounter the same problem, when one member of the body gets hurt, the entire body feels the pain. If your toe gets hurt, what do you say? Oh, it's just my toe. Yeah, I'm fine. Or do you just cut off your toe? The entire body feels the pain. You have to believe that we are one in Christ. That your struggle that you are facing, that the problems that you're going through, the entire body is facing it. You have to believe that. You are not isolated. Your problems are not isolated. Just because you said yes to Jesus, you have become a member of the body of Jesus. That is what a church is. That we have become a member. So if you're feeling a pain, you're feeling relational issues in your family, you're feeling financial issues in your workplace, I'm telling you, you're not alone. We have to face this together. It is a problem of the church. And every personal victory that you win is a victory corporately for the entire church. So you have to believe that you are part of the body of Jesus. We are part of the body of Jesus. We are all connected. Our lives are all intertwined. You don't want to believe it? Don't believe it. But when Jesus encountered Saul, when he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians, Saul said, who are you, Lord? And how did Jesus respond? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But Saul was not persecuting Jesus. Saul was not persecuting Jesus. But Jesus saying, you are persecuting my body. And what you do to that body is like what you're doing to me. We are part of the same body. I want to tell you guys, your problems are not your problems alone. So don't try to deal with it in isolation. Let's come together because your problem is our problem. Let's face together. There's power in unity. There's definitely power in unity. Amen. And especially in, in the private moments of your life, when you feel like nobody is seeing this, but I'm overcoming great battles that I can't share with anybody, my battles of jealousy, my battles of comparison, my battles of insecurity, every battle that you win is a breakthrough for the entire body of Jesus. Because you won that victory, somebody else doesn't have to go through that battle anymore. Because we are all connected. We are all connected. We are the body of Jesus. That's the church. But look at what Jesus says in Matthew 16. Matthew 16 verse 17. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so the word over there for peter is is, is the word petros 
And the word for rock is the word Petra. So Jesus says, you are Petros. Petros means small stone, loose stone, small stone. And on this rock, rock is the word Petra, which comes from a, means a big rock or a boulder or a big stone. He's saying, you are a loose stone, but on this rock, what is a rock? What is a rock Jesus is referring to, which has become the foundation of every church to be built? What is a rock? It's not just Jesus. It is the revelation of Jesus being the Son of God. So Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you're blessed because this revelation that you have is not natural. It is heaven's revelation that has been given to you. On this revelation, I will build my church. Jesus builds his church on the revelation that he is the Son of God. You are being built on the foundation that Jesus is the Son of God. That is the underlying foundation. If everything is stripped away, if everything is taken, the underlying foundation is I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, And he who is born of God overcomes the world and faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Who overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you understand that having this revelation that Jesus is the Son of God is just not something that you need to archive it in your theological doctrine? It is the very foundation on which Christ is building you and the church. It's the very foundation. That foundation that makes you an overcomer. I'm telling you, an overcomer. Ah, 10,000 may rise up against you. But just that foundation that Jesus is the Son of God is all that you need to overcome. Hmm? What is Jesus saying? One, church is not built by the pastor. Church is built by Jesus. Say with me, church is not built by the pastor. Church is built by Jesus. Now, if you're part of the church, this, is apply, this applies to you as well. I don't build my life. Jesus builds my life. So I don't take the stress of building my life. Jesus builds my life. Jesus, the Son of God, builds my life. Because I'm saying, if you take the stress and the responsibility of building your life, you have no hope. <laughs> the only hope you have is in the next five-year plans that you have made, which, which is bad. <laughs> but if Jesus is building your house, if Jesus is building your life, there's hope. Your future will be great and your hope will not be cut off. Amen. So the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God has become the foundation of your living. So, now, I get that, Pastor, but how do I take it in my personal life? So anything that comes to threaten you, any insecurity, any fear, any sickness, any mental oppression, your boss... Your salary, 
your bank balance anything that comes to threaten you you stand on the foundation that i believe that jesus is the son of god and i believe that jesus is building my life i believe that jesus is building my house i believe that jesus is building our ministry i believe that jesus is building our church i believe that jesus is building anything and everything that i'm called to do it's as simple as that oh but i don't have this oh but i don't know this it doesn't matter as long as your foundation is that jesus is the son of god you will be an overcomer you have to be an overcomer there's no other way if the word of god says it it's final amen now jesus tells peter and on this rock on on what rock on this revelation that Jesus is the son of God I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the translation should be and the gates of Hades Hades means grave or death the gates of death shall not prevail against the church the church that Jesus is building no hell no grave no death can prevail against this church i'm not saying it jesus said it i come from a background where we were taught to pray every time and i i love praying nothing about prayer but here's the thing but the posture the posture of that prayer was defeat the posture of that prayer was if i don't pray the devil will come and eat my life squeeze me the problem is that we should all pray nothing against prayer but if your posture is that the devil is attacking you and it is only your prayer that is acting as a defense mechanism then something is wrong because it does not align to the word of god first of all In Genesis chapter 3 when the devil was cursed what did God tell serpent from now on you shall only crawl that means if the devil has to come and attack you he can't even stand he's crawling this is this is even before what Jesus has done i'm telling you this is even before that so even if he has to come and attack you he can't come to you face to face because he he doesn't have the ability to do that he is crawling through jesus colossians chapter 2 says that he stripped him off all his ranks yeah. huh so any power that he had that was also taken off now you are afraid of a crawling serpent that has no power and you think that his power is so great that if you miss prayer one night is going to come and eat you now the devil is like a roaring lion like a roaring lion meaning he is not the roaring lion he pretends to be a lion so don't get afraid of the bark it's just bark no bite you have to get it that's why paul says in ephesians chapter 6 the first thing he talks about spiritual warfare is stand firm why do you stand firm because he's crawling so stand firm i stand firm i don't even have to face him i stand firm it's when you move from that posture is when you when you when you're also crawling to fight him just stand firm 
I love this man of God. He was sharing a story that in the middle of the night he woke up. He woke up and he saw the devil. And he said, oh, it's you. And he turned the other side and slept off. You know what devil likes is your attention. Don't give him any. He is not worth your attention. So when, when you pray from a place of defeat, when you pray from a place of being defensive, you have not understood the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, let me pray. Let me, oh, we didn't pray. Before, before going for any trip, you know, people pray so that nothing will happen. Now, I'm all for that, okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. But if it comes from a place of defeat, as if it's your prayer that has activated protection. As if the father was sleeping in heaven. Oh, he prayed. Oh, we need to do something about it. Again, I'm all for prayer, guys. I'm all for But we don't pray for God to do something. We pray for intimacy. We don't pray for power. We pray for intimacy. Power does not come from prayer. Power comes from revelation of God's word. Power does not come from prayer. Power comes from the revelation of God's word. But here's the thing. It's the prayer that brings in the revelation of God's word. <laughs> That's why you need to balance your life with prayer and word. But don't pray from a place of being defeated. You're victorious in Christ. Amen. Now Jesus is saying, I will build my church. And on these gates, and on this church, no gates of Hades, no gates of death shall prevail against it. Now if you remember the olden times, if you watched war movies, you'll see there's an attacking army and then there's a defending army. The defending army stays behind the castle stays behind the protection of their gates because their gates are powerful that gives them the security that the enemy is not going to come and attack us. So it's the defending army that stays behind the gates and it's the attacking army that needs to prevail against the gates. Because if the attacking army can break through the gates then they can storm inside the castle and kill everybody. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So tell me, who is attacking, who is defending? We are not on the defense. My friends, we are on the offense. The devil is defending, is trying to defend what he can, whatever influence that he has on the world, he's trying to hold it down in his fort. And Jesus said, this church, this church shall break through. The gates of hell, the gates of Hades, the gates of death shall not be able to prevail against the power of the church. You are not in an army that is defending. You have been enlisted in an army that is piercing through, that is attacking, that is an overcomer. Amen. Amen. So stop, stop defending. Guys. Haven't you heard in football they say that offense is the best defense? You are on offense. You are attacking the enemy. So anytime the devil tries to intimidate you, tries to deceive you, tries to put in these thoughts of insecurity and fear and shame, rise up, stand up and say, not anymore. Not anymore. We are on the attack. A child of God does not coil in fear. A child of God stands up and talks faith. 
Because faith is your victory. Faith is not what happens here. Faith is when you release what you believe. A released faith is the most powerful faith. A faith that is not released is incapable to perform the act of faith. You have to release it. So instead of just being bullied by the devil again and again, again and again, stand up and start speaking to him. Rebuke him. It's not a time for prayer. Prayer you do for intimacy with Jesus so that you want to be one with him and you want to experience his love and you want to tell Jesus how much you love him. But he has empowered you to stand against the devil and say, I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. You have no hold over my life. Amen. The next verse. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are the keys? What is a key? A key is something that unlocks. So once you receive a key, it will unlock a kingdom reality. But you need multiple keys to unlock multiple dimensions of the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is multidimensional. So we need keys of the kingdom. What is a key? A key is a unique revelation of Jesus. What is a key? A key is a unique revelation of Jesus. There was only one key that I received which propelled me into ministry. Only one key. And I'm still standing here because of that one key. The key that I received for ministry is, You are my beloved son in whom I am well placed. I heard the father say this and I was like, Okay, I'm all up for ministry. I can kill it. Yeah. Because the father said those words over me even before I started the ministry. That you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's one key that I got which started my entire ministry. Before that, if you knew me, you would find me as a person who is timid, who is shy, who is afraid of talking to people, who was wondering, the best thing I can do for God is play guitar. Because I can't deal with people. But the day I got the key of sonship that says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That just did something in me, unlocked the reality in me that propelled me to preach the gospel boldly. And I have been preaching since then. That was 2013. I'm not stopped. Not stopped. And do you know whom I preach the gospel most? To myself. When I don't have a platform, oh man, I'm preaching to myself. Sam! You better hear this. (laughs) Some of you are waiting for a platform to be activated in the ministry. But I'm telling you, this is a prophetic word. Your bathroom ministry is the best ministry that you can ever experience. Because you will see angels and the cloud of witnesses clapping. Go for it, bro. We cheer you. I was never, never given a platform. Can I tell you? I was never given a platform. But I kept doing the bathroom ministry more and God created platforms for me. Where people did not invite me, God created platforms. So if you're really called, I'm saying stay on the key that you've received, it will happen. It has to happen. What needs, what needs to fulfill the divine assignment upon your life, it will happen. So where was I? I got one key. For the ministry, I just got one key. So even today, when I feel like the ministry is being threatened, when I feel so useless, so hopeless, unproductive, what do I do? I 
close my eyes and listen to the Father again. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God said it once, but I heard, I heard it twice. I've heard it multiple times what the Lord has said once. That's why Paul tells Timothy, I tell you that you fan into flame the gift of God that you received. I remind you, by remembrance you can fan into flame. So one key that you have received, you don't need to receive that key again. Just by reminding yourself, oh man, I had that encounter and I heard the Lord say, you're my beloved son, you know I'm well pleased. That memory will activate you again and again and again. Okay? Another key that I received was two years ago. Not two years ago, last year. Which was the Lord telling me, the blessing of the Lord shall come upon you and overtake you. I was meditating on that verse for like eight months. And one day I heard the Lord say, the Lord shall bless you and the blessing of the Lord shall come upon you and overtake you. Overtaking blessings become a, became a key for my finances. So every time I think my finances are getting low and I need finances for the ministry and our lives and our personal life, what do I do? I sit and I declare, overtaking blessings is my portion. God said the blessing of the Lord shall come upon me and will overtake me. And I'm telling you, in all this, this whole year, I've never seen one lack. And we have gone through massive stretching of faith. Massive. I've not seen a lack. Why? Because it's a key that I received to unlock. Now I'm telling you of two keys. And in two keys, if I can live a victorious life, oh man. But there are multiple keys. Now it is possible that I don't have enough time to receive all of these keys. So what do I do? I find people who are walking in these keys. I find people. So if I don't have the time to get that revelation or I don't know how to unlock that dimension, I will find people who walk in that dimension already. And through honor. Through what? Honor. Through honor. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you receive the prophet as a prophet, you shall receive the rewards of a prophet. So when I see somebody walking in that dimension through honor, I piggyback on their revelation. I don't have the revelation yet, but I can piggyback on somebody else's revelation through honor. See, I, even though I got saved, I was very arrogant. I'll tell you how. Because I wanted to, I wanted to learn everything by myself. I was like, if he can walk in that, I will also get the revelation and walk like that. But I realized it takes a lot of time. I don't have so much time. The easier way is honor. If I can honor the grace that is upon his life, it starts flowing into my life. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. How does it happen? I don't know. That's the point. Honor. Honor helps the grace of God that is somebody in somebody else's life because they have unlocked that key. It starts flowing into your life as well. And that's why Paul says, you have become partakers of my grace. To the Philippine church, he says, you have become partakers of my grace. It doesn't say God's grace. My grace. Through honor. So, I'm giving you both options. One, ask the Lord for a key. Lord, what is the key 
that I need for the season to unlock kingdom's dimension in my life so that I can live a victorious life. But if that's taking time, you can always ask the Lord and stay persistent on it. But the other easier option is to find people who are walking in those dimensions and through honor, through honor, piggyback on their revelation. And you'll see the rewards coming through. Ah, it's powerful. It's powerful. You know, can I be vulnerable here? Yeah. When I got the key, the first one, God said, you're my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, which propelled me into ministry. I became arrogant. You know why? Because of the success of the ministry. And one thing I want to tell you, which I've learned from my failures in the ministry, don't do the mistakes that I did. There are multiple keys in the kingdom. I got arrogant because I got one key and it was working. <laughs> and surprisingly, most churches get arrogant and go to an extreme because they see one key that is working for them. And they try to reject every other key which doesn't look like their keys and they call it demonic. Don't do what I did because you will, you will quench the grace of the Lord that wants to come upon your life in wholeness. It was last year, last year when I was praying at two o'clock in the night, the Holy Spirit hits me and I asked Lord, I asked the Lord, Lord, I have always had success in my life. My growth has been exponential, but I, I can sense that there's a limitation over our ministry. What is a limitation? And the Holy Spirit said, you have dishonored your father. My father is a pastor. I haven't dishonored him with, this, with, with any words. I've never said anything to my dad, ever. But in my heart, I dishonored what he has done in his ministry. Why? Because I thought I knew better. Because of the key that unlocked for me, I thought I knew better, I could do better. And for the last one year, the Lord is dealing with me, saying, do you know the kind of dominion that he has the journey that he has with the Lord, this 40, 50 years of journey that he has, that the moment you start honoring him, it just flows into your life automatically. Some, some blessings of the Lord that are there for you is not for you to, you know, it's not for you to strive. It will just come through you through inheritance. Just as in, you know what's the beauty of inheritance? I did not work for it. My parents worked for it and I just receive it just by honoring them. And the Lord dealt with my heart, kept de dealing with my heart and slowly, and I'm, I'm saying slowly, slowly, slowly. It took one year, slowly, 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 I started recognizing him as the man of God. Started recognizing him as the man of God. I don't, I, I can't agree with a lot of doctrine and theology, but I can't deny what the Lord has done through his life. I started honoring him as a man of God. And you know what I saw? Oh man, I saw breakthrough. Immense breakthrough. You know, something recently happened. Sammy, if you'll give me the permission. Uh, I was supposed to do Sammy's wedding. And I had got permission from my father to do it. But just last week, my dad said, 
you don't do it right now i'll do it i agreed to it and i had to submit to it because he's the authority that i'm submitted to but i was not joyful i was like yeah okay then yesterday night while i was talking to sammy that's when i realized unless i don't agree to this decision in joy i'm not submitting to him i have to believe that god has put him over my life for my protection so if he say something that still disagrees with me i want to believe that it is a word of the lord that is coming from his heart from his mouth and it is for the goodness of this entire situation that i will see the goodness of the lord so i told i immediately told sammy sammy i don't i didn't like this but now i want to receive it with joy and believe that this decision is good let my dad do the wedding it will be amazing your wedding will be one of the best weddings that has happened this year it's difficult i'm telling you submission and honor is difficult you 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 might think yeah i agree to it but unless you don't agree to it with joy the secret is joy the secret is joy i don't understand this decision but for some reason i want to receive it this as a privilege i am protected it's not my time it's okay but i'm protected with joy i will receive this with joy and i want to say this is a problem that you're having with your bosses huh you you don't have a choice other than agreeing with your boss right with the decision that they make but the moment you agree in joy believing that believing that even even when i don't understand god is doing something powerful because the bible says no matter who the person is as a king it is heaven that has put him there whoever is your boss for some reason heaven has put them there amen so if you can believe and see the goodness of the lord even in this issue that i'm facing i don't like this decision but i believe god i believe god god i submit to him because i submit to you and i receive it in joy as if you are speaking to me amen it may look like injustice in the moment but I, what i'm saying is if you are true and genuine in god's in 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 the presence of god if that is clear injustice god will set it right it's not our place to question the one whom we are submitted to it's not our place god will ask them see there's a story in in i think it's in exodus where moses sister miriam and aaron come together against moses and questions him why did you marry that gentile woman who do you think you are you're a prophet you call yourself prophet i'm a prophet as too and you know what happens the bible says the lord was hearing what she was saying and immediately she had leprosy do you think a god is blind he does not see the injustice it's not it's not what moses did was not wrong and god was justifying it no but god is saying hey i called him it's my responsibility to question him who are you you are called to be submitted to him you be accountable to him if he does anything wrong i will make sure that i hold him accountable it's not your job that's why moses does one mistake 
Huh? One mistake where he was called to speak to the rock, he hit the rock. One mistake and God said, you're not entering. You're not entering the promised land. Because I hold you accountable to high standards. If you're under, if you're under authority, you're under, you are under God through an authority, oh man, good news for you. Because their standards are very low. Good news for you. No, I don't want to be under anybody. I'll be only be under God. You know, God is my... You're a fool. You're a fool. You don't understand how kingdom operates. Kingdom is the kingdom of order and structure. Amen? God has put people over your life so that you can, through honor and submission, can glean from them and can start walking in the same power and authority as inheritance. My father walked 25 kilometers from Noida to Delhi to sell tracks, evangelizing people. I don't have to do that. Why? Because his ceiling has become my floor. Everything that he's worked hard in the ministry has become my flow. That's, that has become my starting place. I've just received it as an inheritance. What you are fighting for, your children do not have to fight for. Because you are fighting for an entire generation. So you think that just because you're standing on their shoulder, you think just because you can see further, you think you are much better? You know, once the Lord showed me this picture that this generation is standing on the shoulders of the previous generation. So the previous generation, they can see, but we can see better. And just because we can see better, we think we know better. And we want to, we want to cut off the shoulders on whom we are standing. Do you understand the stupidity, the foolishness? Yeah, we see better. Yeah, we know better. Yeah, probably we understand better. But understand that you're standing on the shoulders of the previous generation. So we can't dishonor the work that God has done through them. Amen. Okay, where was I? Oh man, I'm losing track. So, two ways. One, you can ask the Lord and receive the key for yourself. Or second is, just by honor flow into the same grace. Just flow. Just by honor. Right? But I want you to read that last line. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Well, if, if you have an ESV Bible, there will be a star which says, there's another translation for it which says, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. What does that mean? You can only bind anything on the earth that has already been bound in heaven. You can only release anything on the earth that has already been released in heaven. Amen? It happens in the heaven first and then on the earth. So we bind sickness because Jesus bound sickness in heaven. We release healing because Jesus released healing in heaven. We can only bind what heaven has authorized. We can only release what heaven has authorized. Do you see it? The keys are revelation. Revelation of Jesus. What today you need is not a change of circumstance. 
We are all praying for our circumstances to change. Oh, I need that next promotion. I need that guy. I need that, you know, that matrimonial side. La, la, la. I need, I'm saying what you need is not a change in, change in circumstances. You need a revelation of Jesus. If it is finances that you are struggling with, ask God, what is the revelation of Jesus that I need for my finances? What is the revelation of Jesus that I need for a good family life? What is the revelation of Jesus that I need for my ministry? All that you need is a revelation of Jesus. Because once you have the revelation of Jesus, oh man, it's like a key that will unlock the kingdom within you. Do you get it? That's why God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham, do not be afraid. For I will become your exceedingly great reward. That was a revelation. Anytime God appears to anybody, he reveals himself. That's why you see they have, they come up with a new name for God. Abraham climbing up the mountain. He saw the lamb that was a substitute for Isaac. He called that place. This is a place where the Lord provides or where the Lord sees. And he called God Yahweh he had a revelation. Any problem that you're facing, you need a revelation. Revelation. Amen? Revelation. And if you don't have the time to obtain a revelation, find somebody who's walking in that revelation, honor them, and that revelation will come to you. Just by honor, you can walk in that revelation. You don't need change of circumstances. Tell, tell this to yourself. I don't need change of circumstances. I don't need change of circumstances. Uh, it's not the change of my job. It's not the change of my company. I need a revelation. All that I need is a revelation. Revelation of Jesus. Amen.